We are in the holy season of Easter. For many people who are kind of outside church tradition, Easter is a day. But for those of us who know a little bit better, Easter is this entire season, a chance for us to consider what actually happened at Easter day, at the resurrection that changed the world and then can change us forever. Now, Easter this year means a little something more to us than perhaps it has meant in years past. It's just seeing you out here in the pews feels a bit like a resurrection to me. Like we are moving toward this moment where we are kind of back into this somewhat normal way of living, that resurrection into the people that we are meant to be. And that means a whole lot. Think back to the what Easter meant for the disciples. Think back to that very first Easter after Jesus had died, had been resurrected, had even ascended. What was that period of time where the disciples were trying to figure out who they were to be and what they were to do and how the world in fact had changed for good? Consider the way that Jesus would have been understood by his disciples. We know that Pretty much all the people that Jesus called to him to follow him during his lifetime here on earth were good Jewish people. And the Jews anticipated a Messiah for centuries. They had talked about and predicted and prophesied that a Messiah would come. But you see, the Messiah they expected was not the Messiah they got in Jesus. They expected, hoped for even, a Messiah that would be political and military, that would be strong, that would overthrow the oppressors. And instead they get this nice teacher. This teacher who was pretty passive, although firm. This teacher who allowed himself to be executed, buried, then resurrected, then ascended. What in the world? Like this Jesus was not anything that they had hoped for, and yet they had faith, faith that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, faith that Jesus had come to do what they had hoped the Messiah would do, but just not in the same way. And so what had changed? What had tweaked? What had been refined for good? Now, when we experience moments in our lives that change us forever, we can invite that change or we can resist that change. For many of us who experienced the pandemic, we know that the pandemic changed us forever, for good. And yet I bet for many of us, we experience the pandemic as like one long hold your breath, right? If we can just hold our breath and we can cross our fingers and we can just get through this, then it will be over and behind us. I know, I hate the pandemic too. If we could just resist it as long as possible, then we would get back to normal. But what if back to normal, normal, wasn't that great to begin with? What if normal could be a whole lot better than it was? What if the pandemic is for us this genuine kind of resurrection moment where we get to put down all the stuff that we have been doing that isn't that great. And we can actually begin to pick up what God has left for us to change, to become different. In today's lesson from Acts, we see a really remarkable story. We begin with Philip. Philip, one of Jesus's earliest disciples, 
a really good Jewish man who definitely knew what the Messiah was all about. Philip, who, I'm sorry. (laughs) The screaming throws me off just a little bit. Um, (laughs) We're going to keep going, right? Okay. What if Philip was invited to do something new? You know, Philip, as the disciples are all trying to figure out what happens after Easter, and Philip gets this nudge from the spirit. Angel of the Lord says, get up and go, get up and go do something. And so Philip gets up and he goes down south to a wilderness road. And along the road, he meets an Ethiopian official. This Ethiopian official he meets is obviously very intelligent, representing the queen of Ethiopia, reading these documents that were certainly not in his native language and investigating the wisdom tradition of a peoples that were very different from his own people. And Philip receives this nudge from the spirit, this nudge to go and speak with this Ethiopian leader. And so he does, he goes over to the chariot and he says, hey, do you know what it is that you're reading? The Ethiopian was reading the Isaiah scroll and he said, no, I need help in interpreting. And Philip knew he had a moment where he might be able to explain who Jesus was. And so he takes this prophecy from Isaiah and he begins to tell the whole story of Jesus and the Ethiopian is just soaking it up. There is something so very true in the story that Philip is saying That when the Ethiopian sees some water on the side of the road, he says, hey, look, there's some water. Can't I be baptized? Now put yourself in Philip's shoes in that moment. Baptism meant a certain thing. Baptism meant a cleansing in the Jewish tradition. Now Jesus and of course John the Baptist had begun to shift and tweak what baptism really meant. But the idea of being cleansed in water was still a very Jewish idea. And here this good Jewish man is with this Ethiopian leader who wants to be baptized. Philip could have very easily declined or said something like, well, you know, you've got to go through some classes and you've got to take some time and you've got it right. Or you've got to go through all these processes and jump through these hoops and then really mean it. But instead, Philip has this idea in his mind that with Jesus, something has changed. Jesus always seemed to frustratingly include everybody. And so Philip decides he's going to include everybody too. And so they hop down out of this chariot and they go over to the water and Philip baptizes this Ethiopian leader and he rejoices. This is an incredible moment where things have changed for good, where because of a hard experience, and believe me, we might look back at the resurrection and think glory, glory, but at that point in time, their leader had been executed. It was a hard experience and they may have tried to hold their breath and cross their fingers, but they couldn't. And yet here, Philip takes that hard experience and does something amazing. For many of us, we have a very similar moment. We have had a very hard year. And rather than simply ignoring that it was hard and trying to just get through it, what if this is God's big ask 
to take a look at our lives, problems, issues, imperfections, messiness, and ask fresh questions about who we might be and how we might be better. Recently, I watched this fascinating film called The Year Earth Changed. Have you seen this? It is an amazing kind of documentary with hopeful stories of all over the world of how in this past year, in the pandemic, things changed and often for the better. And all of these stories were just plucked out from all over the world, but there was one that really hit me. In South Asia, one of the issues that people have right now are with elephants. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I don't really have any elephant issues in my life. But watching the South Asian communities wrestle with the problem of elephants made a lot of sense to me because you see, as cities have expanded and as more and more land has been taken up by people, the elephants don't have enough food to eat. They've lost most of their land. And so these elephants will come out of the forest at night and eat the crops of the farmers because they just they have to get enough food to eat. And these people in these rural communities love the elephants, but they also can't have them eating up all their food. And so they've taken to this habit of staying up at night to watch vigil over their farms and their fields and to shoo the elephants away as safely as possible. But you know, elephants do what they want to do. But then the pandemic hit and the adults of the community couldn't go into the cities to work. So here they are, hundreds in these communities who can't leave to go into the cities to make money. And so they began to look at this big problem and say, could we fix this problem? You see, between the farms and the forests, there were just, there's just land that was unused. And so someone had this great idea to plant grass specifically for the elephants between the forest and the farms so the elephants wouldn't actually eat their crops. Well, before the pandemic, that kind of task would have been near impossible. But now that you had all these people who didn't go to the city to work, they were able to gather them up and plant this. 500 plus people in this one little rural village went out and planted grass with the hopes that it would solve their big problem and it worked. And now villages all over South Asia are trying to take advantage of the same idea. So you see in this moment of the pandemic that was so hard, the people just looked around and said, what big problem might we fix? We are in this very similar moment. We have the opportunity to imagine what God would have us fix what God would have us do better. We are in this Easter season reforming our community. We are reconnecting with one another. We are reinstituting many of the old habits and patterns that we had prior to the pandemic. And what I want to make sure we do is not land back in old habits just because we haven't asked the right questions. How can God use us in this moment? How has the pandemic afforded us an opportunity to see something that's big and challenging? And how is God equipping us with the spirit to courageously do things we never thought we could? 
The first Easter changed everything. But God's not done working just yet. This Easter season gives us a chance to ask better questions, to create better habits, to not simply go back to normal, but to be and do much better. Each of us has the chance to answer God's call to get up and go, to be better, to do better, and to bring all God's people into the reality of God's everlasting love. May we be so bold. Amen.